welcome to the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. That's youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, release them on YouTube, and then combine them into this audio podcast once a week for your listening enjoyment. We hope you enjoy it. If you do like the show, consider leaving us a five-star review and Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. It helps us out tremendously. And as a final reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content that's posts, podcasts, and videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks again for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, did you see that video of the guy, the legend, I don't know what you want to call him, doing that backflip at the chandelier bar at Cosmo? This guy went for it, and people can see how it ended. The backflip. He attempted the black. <laughs> I can't believe there was no security either when he stood up there or after he felt like that video. I mean, kudos to his friend for just, you know, filming him in pain for about 30 seconds. But nobody comes over and says anything, trashes the chair. Definitely broke, and how dare you do it in the chandelier bar? That's save that for like circus, circus or something. I'm a little disappointed. You've never done this. I mean, I feel like this is right <laughs> up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know I would die trying to back backflip. How many ribs do you think he broke in the filming of that video? <laughs> yeah, quite a few, <laughs> and his ego too. <laughs> yeah. Best of Las Vegas awards came out from Las Vegas Weekly. And this is one of the best awards, you know, Review Journal has theirs, Las Vegas Weekly. This has been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, they have all kinds of different things from different restaurants to best hotels. And we'll talk about some of the bigger categories. But let's start with this. Best Jazz Sushi Fusion Restaurant goes to Maxen Jazz. Did they pay for this category? Okay. Like, how yeah, is there I mean, more than one of these places? <laughs> I was going to say, if we need any more evidence that these are pay for play for at least a chunk of these things, the next one on the list is also definitely a pay for play but jazz <laughs> fusion <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why this is a category at all all right so let's talk about some of the other categories best strip casino is that the one you're talking about resort yes. world yeah mm. i mean uh, people voted for it <laughs> money people voted for it <laughs> some other interesting things area 51 for best attraction omega mart specifically won for best immersive attraction so both of those are winners Pink Box won for Best Donuts, which I don't agree with. I like their donuts, but they're not the best donuts in Las Vegas. Best Brewery, Abel Baker. I know you like Abel Baker, and they're pretty popular. Downtown, Circa wins for Best Hotel. So, you know, that's probably good. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the list actually makes a lot of sense. I don't have too much to gripe with. Uh, Circa is, you know, by and far away the best hotel, I think, on the Strip. If you're just going for, like, setup, quality, all that stuff, I'm sure people have other properties they like more, which makes sense. You have your favorites and everything, but I don't think you can argue too much Abel Baker I'm a little sore on them because we tried to have a meet up there and they wouldn't let us do it uh, a couple years back but uh, you know they they have good beer and and a good area and arts district uh, represented I'm just you know resort world I, I, I can't get past that last one best place for IG the neon museum so shout out to them they did let us have a meet up yeah. there, so or well, we did a tour there, so that was fun. I almost got kicked uh, but, out, but yes, we did. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a that's another story, uh, maybe deservedly so. Let's just uh, let's just say that. So on the last uh, show, we talked about ESPN Bed and Penn Entertainment and how they are doing this weird thing with Barstool, giving it back, going with ESPN, Disney really focusing on the gambling and kind of getting into this market. At the same time, Win announced like the next day that they're getting out of the Win Bet market. They're shutting down Win Bet in almost every state. There are a couple of states, I think New York and Michigan, where they say they're doing a study. 
And then the other states being Massachusetts and Nevada, where they have a physical presence, they're keeping everything else they're giving up, basically saying marketing costs are too high, the acquisition of customers are too high, and they're not making enough money. Yeah, and we saw that here when they launched, and we were one of the earlier states to adopt it, and one of the few that has casino attached to the sports book. And the, the type of promos they rolled out with were just huge. And, you know, you can go state to state and just sign up for these programs. Some allow you to do multiple states, you know, with the same account and get the bonuses. And you can make money off the bonuses and never play again. So the, the acquisition cost is huge, especially for big players like DraftKings was rolling out all kinds of insane promos. Like you came to Michigan just to take advantage of one. So I had thought, you know, maybe it was just casino states. The casino brings enough money in, but they're shutting down New Jersey. As you point out, the, there was sort of a wild west when it came to these sports betting apps and acquisition. And we've seen this in other like Uber and all kinds of different, you know, apps where they give these amount, these really generous promos to attract customers and they're basically losses. And the idea being you'll grow enough of your customer base to make the money up in time. And when it seems like they're just saying, we're going to focus on our physical presence and a few other states. But the one thing that a lot of people don't talk about, and every state is different, but states are taxing sports betting at huge margins. And that puts a huge tax. I think New York is like 50 per, I forget what the number is. It's really high now uh, when getting out and saying, we don't need customers in all these states. We'll just focus where we have casinos. You know, we've talked about there's not a lot of money to be made in sports betting. We saw that in the, the numbers last week, how that, you know, providing profit in Vegas is what, four or five percent, I think we saw. So it's not a major player on, on in scale uh, compared to slots or table games. So let's talk about how the casinos make money and specifically how much money the casinos are holding. I saw Jacob, I think Jacob's Life in Vegas, he shared this, but it still comes from UNLV. But it's the whole percentage by year for casinos, basically how much of your money they're keeping each year. And when you look at this and it goes statewide, downtown, the strip, so you have all the different markets. But when you look at it, it's very clear, pretty much across the board, casinos, are taking more money. That means that the odds are worse for you. Just year by year, less and less money staying in people's pockets, more and more money going to the casinos. It kind of kills the whole downtown gives you better odds too. You know, downtown's the worst place to place lots. According to these figures, almost 10% that they're keeping, which kind of blew my mind. Like I expected that to be on the lower end of things. Laughlin's a little bit higher than I would have thought. I, you know, Reno's where you go for bang for your buck. So if you want to go, you know, hit up some slots, I guess Reno's the best place to play. Yeah. Reno bucked the trend, right? They're basically the only market that didn't really increase. 5.18 is the average over the entire span from 2004. And they were at 5.22 in 2023. So almost right at the average. Where, as you point out, downtown Las Vegas, back in 2004, kept 5.87%. And in 2023, 9.93%, the highest of anywhere in the entire state. Yeah, downtown last year, not good to gamble there at all. <laughs> Better to gamble on the strip, actually, based on these numbers. Yeah, which, you know, I think that'll blow people away. And I know they have better table game odds, lower limits, but... For slot play, you would think that would go along. And that's, you know, another misnomer that we saw, like higher limit slots don't necessarily pay better. And everybody always believed that. So downtown, not great for slots. And big time uh, $25 and up machines are not great either. It's insane. And I think these numbers do reflect the changing casino landscape, right? You have worse odds on table games. We see this in blackjack and roulette. This has been happening across the board. And then you have the prevalence of these video slots. You used to have a lot more video poker machines with higher paybacks. Now you have these video slots with very low paybacks and oftentimes they're multi-denomination. So you're getting the lower odds where we saw in those numbers, if you do do like a quarter slot or even a dollar slot, your odds are better. Whereas you start to go really high end, your odds get worse or even multi-denomination or penny slots, they're worse. So the, the most popular things in the casino 
all worse odds than you would have gotten 20 years ago. Slots, tables, pretty much everything across the board. Three zero, uh, triple zero roulette. There we go. <laughs> when I was on the strip at the Bellagio last week, I got a chance to walk through the new mall at Harmon, right next to Crystal's in City Center. And we've talked a little bit about the architecture and the concept art and what it was going to look like. And, you know, the fact that it has a Ross, but it's next to Crystal's and they were trying to go for this high-end experience. And so I finally got to walk through there. And the, the top level has these like little stalls, almost little shops. It really looked to me like a, a little bit nicer of a version of the Grand Bazaar shops. I really hate to say it. Other than that, it sort of fits in fine. The Ross is huge. It's nice, but it's still Ross, right, on the strip. But it, it's big and it's there right next to Crystal's. So you, know, you can go to Ross and then go do the high-end shopping next door. You know what Vegas needs, you know, less of besides CVS's on the strip is Ross. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, I messed that up when I said at the Showcase Mall that it was Ross in the basement. It's Marshall's. So thanks to everybody who corrected me on that. But now they have the Ross across the street. They've added the screen on the facade of the Miracle Mile shops across the street as well. And so now we're really starting to get that Times Square look. More and more of these big screens there. And the work on the facade of Miracle Mile shops continues as they're kind of refreshing all of that. So all that's been happening. It looks pretty good. The new screen is very bright. I think a little bit more vivid than the older screens that are kind of right next door on that building that has the bubble gump and the taco bell cantina i like that area i feel like that's the most i don't know the energy on the strip in that area is is my favorite yeah i think it definitely is kind of like the center feature of everything right now and and that you know we've talked about the bar at uh waldorf astoria and, and that this is only going to make it better go up there at night do yourself a favor get off the strip a little bit go up there have a drink at the bar at night sunset when all those screens are popping it because it's a unique view where everything else is like top tier or rooftop bar this is like mid right in your face uh, you're seeing all this stuff so definitely go check it out so virgin hotels your favorite thing to talk about we know they're getting a new ceo cliff atkinson and he's coming in or he's already there and he's going to make some changes, basically admitting that the place isn't doing as well as it should. And the first place he's starting, or at least he's sort of hinting at in this Review Journal article, is that he's going to reinstate the center bar, at least they're considering doing that. And this was really the centerpiece of Hard Rock. Uh, the big kind of thing was that if you sat on one end of the bar, you could whisper and somebody on the other end of the bar could hear you talk because of the way the ceiling was. They removed this and put a walkway there. They didn't even really put anything in the space. The ceiling is still there. Yeah, this is a smart idea to bring it back. One of the dumbest things they ever did, getting rid of it. The most signature thing of the property, and you just get rid of it. I'm glad this guy is going to hopefully bring it back. Yeah, I mean, what's your job at a casino? To get people in the door. And, and the first time I went to Hard Rock was just because of that bar. So you could experience it. And everybody that's come to Vegas since they shut it down, that's never experienced it. You know, that's a person that you could have gotten in there because everybody wants to go there and sit and just have a drink. And you can it's crazy. And people forget that you can hear them. So they start talking about stuff they probably should, they wouldn't if they realized you were listening. But if you sit there in silence enough and have a beer or, or whatever, you're going to hear some people say some stuff. And it, it's kind of funny. And or you can say things to see what their reaction is. And, and it's a fun experience, something you don't really get anywhere else. I can't think of another bar where that happens. So they had this unique once in a lifetime type of thing that would draw people in and they have no people on the floor right now. So why would you take that away? So uh, they better bring it back. Thankfully, they kept everything intact. So hopefully they can just build it and, and get it back to the way it was as far as the shape of the ceiling and, and getting that. Uh, he also mentioned the Formula One race and how they're going to have their own grandstands and how they're doing that. It's a big marketing push for them to kind of show the world that 
Virgin Hotels Las Vegas is here. Richard Branson may come for the for the festivities. So this might be a whole kind of them coming back out to the world again. But he focused, said they're focusing on entertainment, filling their theaters. That's the way they draw people into the property. I agree with that. They have a lot of venues there from you know a bigger concert venue to more intimate 300, 400 seat venues. If they can get good entertainment and get people there, that will fill the casino. The hotel is decent. I think he has a good strategy, as good as it can be, given where they're at right now. Yeah, they need to get rid of the airport shopping district there, the Hudson News and stuff, like move that out. But, you know, they filled in a pool to put this outdoor concert venue. And we went there when, you know, shortly after it was redone. And it's a cool spot. And it's something that I thought that they would really take advantage of and have bands there. Even if you just had local bands come and play, popular local bands, you could fill that outdoor area and get people in the casino walking through. And I don't, I can't think of anything they've done out there with that area, you know, as far as a big concert or anything. So it's kind of crazy that they haven't used that. So I think it's a good plan. Sounds like they got a good guy in there, uh, you know, thinking ahead and not just trying to like hodgepodge this thing together. So hopefully they do well. Yeah, they need a lot of help. That's all I'm going to say as far as just everything being so disjointed. But I do wish them the best. And I do like the hotel. And I'm glad to hear that that bar hopefully will come back. He didn't commit to it, so he definitely should do that. That should be uh, top of his list. Should be in there before Grand Prix is done and, and like get it up and running and have that be like, hey, come to our grandstand, check out our center bar. Like, let's get this rolling. It's too soon. Too soon now. We don't have enough time <laughs> to do it. Man, the Grand Prix, I'm, people have heard us talk about traffic, but this is the week. These last two weeks, everything is closed. Like, there are so many construction closures. Just, oh, it's so ugly. I think Las Vegas locally put it on Twitter. Whoever decided to do all this construction at once should be arrested. And, uh, I, and I agree with that. Go to Reno instead. Yeah, exactly. You'll win more. <laughs> so the Southern Nevada Health District released information on bed bugs, specifically related to six Las Vegas Strip casinos. So I'll start by saying that every hotel at some point, especially ones with this many rooms, will deal with a bed bug problem. It doesn't really matter if they're low end, high end, luxury hotels get bed bugs, you know, motels get bed bugs, it happens. But the six hotels, Circus Circus, Caesars Palace, Planet Hollywood, Palazzo, Tropicana, and MGM Grand, oh sorry, Sahara as well, so seven hotels. So there, there you go, a mixture, all different companies, different levels I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, and I mean, do, do an inspection. We actually have a video about that on, on this channel that you can, you know, maybe Sean can link to it. But do a quick view of your bed and your box springs and stuff and just, uh, you know, check under the sheets a little bit around the corners and you can kind of catch it if there is a problem. But, you know, Circus Circus, everybody's like, yeah, no duh that there's bed bugs there. But then everything else listed is high end or nicer. It doesn't really matter. It's not about how much a place costs. Bed bugs just come. Like, it's a thing you have to deal with at some point in your life if you own a hotel. So hopefully they have like those, you know, bomb sniffing dogs, but the bed bug sniffing dogs that come in and check it every month or whatever, run through the rooms. They can ch- inspect a room in a couple seconds and, and it's kind of cool and, and something that they do all this training for. So hopefully Vegas uses those and, and keeps it as minimal as possible. I think the the headline of all this is that all these hotels have done a good job. They've dealt with every time they get an issue of this. It's just an ongoing battle for hotels. So yeah, I think that's the takeaway. I think the big sort of headline is bed bugs on the strip. And if you actually read into it, it's, you know, isolated incidents, hotels take care of it. They deal with it right away. And you do the best you can. People are going to have bed bugs at their house that they're going to bring to a hotel. I don't know how you prevent that. So, uh, yeah, good on them. And, yeah, you can make your jokes about Circus Circus and Tropicana, but then you also got to joke about Palazzo. (laughs) The last story is the craziest one. This video of this guy who used a card counting robot to cheat Las Vegas casinos or quote unquote cheat card counting. I'm not saying he's a cheater. 
I'm just saying maybe from the casino's perspective, they would see it that way. Either way, they hook up this rig, they get this robot, they hook up video feeds. They're, I mean, and they film all of this and put it up on YouTube. And essentially, you know, they didn't do this over a period of time. They were trying to prove a point. So they were, you know, waiting for the for the deck to get to an advantageous place, came in, placed the bet. This is pretty clearly illegal under Nevada law, or at least my understanding of it, using a device to aid you. Some people say they'll probably just get banned because, you know, they only won $500. But it is crazy to me that you would film all of this, put it on YouTube, and the fact that this robot worked spectacularly. I mean, it, it worked great. I, I don't know why they need a robot. It's just like a computer program. You think you could just... I know they did it because it's cooler for the video, but you think you just have a video and a computer program would track the count. Like you don't really need a guy sitting next to you and saying plus 17, plus 13, plus, you know, all that stuff. But it is a bizarre video and they got lucky because when the count's plus, it doesn't mean that you're going to win all the time. Like the dealer could have still pulled a 20. You just are more likely to have more bus cards or whatever. So they really, when the, the count's plus, you want to play a longer period because I've watched videos of these guys and they'll lose $50,000 at one casino and then win at the next because it doesn't guarantee that you're going to win. So even them winning 500 doesn't prove anything uh, except for that they're never going back to Vegas again. Yeah, and who knows how many times they filmed it. I, I could imagine a scenario where they filmed several hands and he wins that big one and you know that's all that you show. So who knows if it actually won. As you point out, it just improves your odds. You can still lose a single hand. If you play over time, you should win more you know, compared to if the deck wasn't in your favor. Either way, this is just an insane thing. I, I you know, I don't know if whether I should be in awe of them or just call them stupid for doing this. I don't know <laughs> if they'll get like officially banned from casinos. I think this was the golden nugget as far as I could tell. People could correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was the golden nugget that they were playing at. So we'll, we'll see. But Vital Vegas said gaming regulators are looking at it. At the very least, you would have to think if I owned a Vegas casino, I would ban these guys from coming in. I mean, you're talking about video. It's a very sophisticated thing. And you're right. They didn't need the robot sitting there. A program could have done that. But it's reading the video feed and actually counting the cards in real time, which is fun. And the fact that they did get a robot to like do it in real time, I don't know. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have been the same video without that. No, the, the robot definitely adds something to it. And it. It's a very entertaining video. Like I loved watching it. So I get why they did it. And it is good entertainment. It's a good video. I'm sure everybody here will watch it. it it's definitely worth checking out. I definitely, I just would have gone to like Montana's casino and done it. So I wouldn't be <laughs> banned from vegas for life like get banned at some you know backwoods casino in the middle of nowhere uh go there and do it it works the same way but it's kind of funny that you know they went to vegas did it up did it big got their video out of it so maybe they don't care i think that's it their whole channel is about getting dared to do stuff so this was a dare and i guess they'll move on to the next one and hopefully they don't have too big a repercussions i'm sure like you said at the very least they won't be allowed back in casinos So, Mark, did you see that slot machine Superman running back and forth between the bank of machines, hitting them? He did slow down a little bit towards the end, but I think he gave it a good effort. I mean, you got to get tired doing that. I like when he goes to, like, frogger mode and is, like, hopping to them. Like, and then he's doing, like, spins, and I don't understand what's happening here. Like, I could get it if you're in a slot tournament, but I don't know why you'd be playing four slots but to just like be burning through your money that quickly and not enjoying any of it is just crazy to me yeah you can't even see if you won or anything because he's just smashing the buttons this reminds me yeah. we were in miami earlier this year at one of the casinos and they had a bank of machines that had a progressive that hits by a certain amount 
And this family of people locked up all the machines and they were holding machines on either side of them and, and they didn't win. So there you go. Shocker. Don't lock up shocker. the machines. At, at least that makes a little sense with a progressive. I don't know. Maybe this had a progressive. It didn't look like it. Yeah, this is just not. Uh, I was laughing so hard when I saw this. You know, I, this is exactly why they changed it from what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas to what happens here only happens here. Talked about on a previous show that Venetian was going to start charging for parking and August 15th was supposed to be the day according to their site they still aren't but we got some information on exactly how it's all going to work to start locals should be happy they'll get three hours free that's pretty much what caesars and mgm does so nothing better nothing worse and then grazi rewards premier members and above will get free self-parking as well so not a surprise you're a higher tier member you get free parking and a little bit of love to the locals, but not enough to get you through an entire night at the Venetian in the Sphere. Well, it can get you through maybe like the show at the Sphere. You just got to leave right after and not have dinner before or something. But yeah, I, I'd love to them. I don't know why they don't just have it where if you earn so many tier credits in a visit within a whatever hour period that you get free parking for that day. It would be a reason to get people to go into the casino and maybe people that are just trying to get some free parking will actually end up risking more than they would have paid for parking anyway. It just seems like it makes too much sense not to do. For some reason, they just want the easy money, and it's kind of annoying. But at least they gave the locals a little bit, uh, three hours. I mean, I guess you could park there for three hours, then move your car to another one for three hours and go that way to, if you really That sounds like cheap. a lot. You know, it's going to happen. We expect wind to start charging for parking as well, and that's going to make it a little bit more difficult on that area of the Strip. Treasure Island, right across the street, though, does have free parking, and they famously have those giant free parking signs. So. It'll cost them a little bit of money to, you know, to take out the signs. But that's a good point about validation. Downtown, a lot of casinos have validated for a long time. I know Main Street Station still validates. Newer casinos like Circa do not validate. So it's been sort of a change in business model. But I agree, if you can get people to spend money on your property and prove it, maybe it is worth waiving that parking charge. But on the strip, nobody wants to do that. You pay for the park and then you spend the money. You do both. They want to double dip your pockets. But yeah, I, th I think they'd end up making more out of it if they, if they made it like something that is a little bit difficult to achieve, but reachable and, and people would end up spending more money on it likely and then they feel like you get value out of it like like hey i was going to spend 30 bucks to park or whatever and i lost 40 dollars gambling but at least i got something out of it uh would be my takeaway my takeaway is that this is really good for treasure island because i know not everybody's going to want to skip their parking fees but i think some people will and uh, they're going to park at treasure island although it's still a long walk we've talked a lot on this show about betting apps lately espn bet and barstool sports with Penn entertainment and then WinBet said they're going to shut down their app in a lot of markets and bet mgm's in the news this week by stiffing a customer so he made three separate parlay bets on the netherlands versus vietnam women's world cup game 750 dollars a thousand dollars and fifteen hundred dollars the payouts for all of those that he won were two hundred fourteen thousand five hundred dollars but BetMGM just canceled it, said the odds were wrong. They can't figure out what the correct odds were. So therefore, they don't owe him anything and it is canceled. Crazy, crazy stuff. But we've seen Wait. this happen before. We know people who they've done this to. They gave him a $100 free bet, though. Don't forget that. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, so much better than 214K. Yeah, you can tell the odds are messed up because like, what was it? Plus 6,600. And I, when I saw this, you know, the headline and stuff, I was expecting like a four or five team parlay. And this was just a two thing. So that definitely was off and probably by a thousand, like 660 maybe would make sense. Probably not even that. But, you know, you could tell. And that's why it's kind of a giveaway because he comes back to make the same bet over and over. And I thought maybe it was like different bets, but it's 
He's like, you know what? I'm going to keep adding to this. And maybe he saw it on Odds Boom or something. But the fact that they can't even come up with a, an odds to pay him out is really kind of messed up. Like, you could have just given him, you know, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, let's say. And he probably would have been like, you know what? I'm not going to fight over this. But, uh, you know, when you say you're getting nothing, a $100 free bet, that's just so crazy. And they're going to fight and they're going to end up settling for more than if they would have just probably paid him out. You know, these are regulated companies, right? They're regulated in the states that they're in. And this was not in Nevada. But... You know, there has to be some middle ground. If you're offering the prop bet, so that means you are offering that on your site, how can you not figure out what the odds should have been? I get that they have to have safeguards for mistakes. I mean, online retailers, right, they are able to cancel an order if there's a price mistake. I get that. And that needs to happen, especially in today's world where everything's instant and stuff. But for them to just be able to say, we offered this prop bet, but we have no idea what the odds should have been. Therefore, we don't owe you any money. That's a thing too far. And I think you're right. I think this guy has a case. The article says he has an attorney. Obviously, we're not attorneys, and we don't know what the legality of it all is. But at the very least, this just doesn't seem right to me. They should have come up with some odds and paid him out at least something. But uh, yeah, like you said, maybe this will cost him more in the end. If you don't cancel it before the game, you got to pay something. You can't just take it all back after the payout happens. So let's talk Area 15 for a second. So Universal has started construction on their new Haunt experience at Area 15. And uh, there's no official groundbreaking yet, but you can see there's a little bit of ground construction there. And Area 15 has released a leasing brochure to kind of give us more of a look of what that phase two will look like. Phase one is 200,000 square feet. Phase two will have 400,000 square feet. So it's going to basically triple the size uh, of Area 15. And you can see the different spots on this map here, different from 1,000 square foot of retail up to 60,000 square foot parcels, always talking about, you know, the experience that everybody's looking for and that sort of economy around that. And, you know, Area 15 big, we know they're building one in Orlando. Universal here is the anchor, but there's a lot to fill here. And it's just a reminder that that's going to be even more of a destination in just a year or two when they get this all finished. Yeah, it was kind of nervous when I saw the layout of this because my my big takeaway or my big issue with Area 15, the way it's set up now, is it's it's kind of disjointed. You know, if you go into the main building, that's cool, but then you got to go outside to go to the distillery, even though you check in inside the building and walk through like a parking lot and, and try to find your way back there. So this looks at least, you know, at first I was like, oh, another place to have to go try to find, but this looks like they're kind of like encapsulating in one area, like an outdoor mall type of feel and all immersive where you're walking around and being able to do this stuff. So I think this will be better, even though it will be kind of like if you want to do the distillery and then do this, you probably have to either drive or, or take a, you know, a longer walk. Hopefully they have some type of shuttle if it's, if it is quite a bit of distance but i i do like that it's you know like a big loop and you can kind of see everything and be involved in everything so i'm excited to see what they do with it i personally know uh, somebody in attractions there who's you know sort of high up and he has so much passion for this and apparently that whole team does and that's really exciting these are people who love this t- type of stuff and are really excited to bring it to you and uh, i'm excited to see what they bring there outside of universal and the other kind of cool thing that they unveiled during construction is they were peeling back the layers on this billboard on the site And they found an opening day billboard for MGM Grand from uh, back in the day, back in the early 90s. You can see it, that emerald green. So a nice little throwback. If you were driving on the freeway over the last, you know, month or so, you would have been able to see this. Isn't it crazy? Like 90s doesn't feel that long ago to us. And MGM feels like it's been there forever. And it's only just the 90s, which is just still crazy. I know we've shown video of Vegas back then. and It's pretty sparse on the strip, but it's just nuts to see what's happened in like 30 years. Yeah, Luxor, Treasure Island, MGM. MGM Grand all turning 30. It's insane. Insane. I didn't even think about yeah. that. So let's move to the Badlands. This is a golf course up in the northwest part of the valley. 
specifically in Summerlin, in the Queens Ridge area. This is one of the most affluent areas of Las Vegas. And a handful of years ago, a developer bought the land. They were going to take out the golf course, build condominiums. And of course, all the residents said, you're not going to take out our golf course. We bought these, you know, big multi-million dollar houses. There's been this battle, but apparently the developer keeps winning battles in court. I think they've won three out of four court battles. And the city of Las Vegas, uh, because they've been playing games with, you know, not allowing them to develop this project while also not doing imminent domain. Maine, so they're kind of locking them up on their land usage. The city may owe $240 million by the time this is all said and done. This is uh, crazy. I didn't realize the liability for the city was so big. This has been a story in the news for quite a few years, though. Yeah. Can we check the receipts of all the people in office and who donated and if they live in that uh, community? Because I'm guessing that they've been funneled a lot of money to, to win their elections from that community. Just a, a speculation, I uh, guess, on my part. But yeah, this is crazy. I mean, think about this has been going on seven years. Think about seven years ago, how much cheaper building materials were, how much cheaper labor was compared to now. You're talking like 50, 60 percent increase in some areas, 100 percent on some building materials compared to that time. And then, you know, they would have been built through and probably right around the time uh, pandemic hit. And we saw how the housing market just went bananas at that point and prices skyrocketed. So they're, they're out like way more than just the land and how much they've had to sit on and pay for all this. Uh, over the last seven years, they're out a ton of money. And I don't think the city can ever really make them whole. So this is kind of bad. And we were talking about this before the show of how this has happened before people try to fight to keep golf courses, golf courses for their home property, which I've never heard of anywhere else. And maybe you should have gone to the golf course and spent a lot of money and they would have kept it open. I, I don't know. I mean, Las Vegas has too many golf courses. We obviously have a water shortage. So we have all these restrictions. So there's a lot of pressure on the golf course industry. And we've had a few golf courses almost go away. A couple did go away. Legacy was a big one not far from my house here that closed and then got fought on and they reopened the golf course and it's open now. And I understand if you buy a house on a golf course that you expect that to happen. But through this court case, it seems that you're not guaranteed to keep the golf course. Uh, so Bala Italian Soul, that's the new Italian restaurant at Sahara. It's near Chickie and Pete's. It's that new area where they developed along the strip frontage. And the reviews are pretty good. I haven't been over there, but Las Vegas Phil had a video from them showing off their steaks. And on Tuesdays, locals get 50% off and so do industry professionals. The steak looks really good. You, know, you can get a ribeye for about 39 bucks, 50% off. I told Jasmine, we got to head over there. It looks really good, although not 50% off everything. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the menu before uh, the show and the, the prices weren't terrible, especially for Vegas. You know, you, you could end up getting a steak for $35, I think, uh, was the frame. And that's a that's basically a price that you'll pay cheaper than you'll pay in most major cities. Uh, so, and it looks amazing. You know, that, that video is really cool of what they do to it and everything. And then I even saw uh, the tasting menu looks like a one of the better deals in Vegas, uh, like a three course meal for 60 bucks. That's kind of hard to beat. Yeah, I looked at that and I thought I had the same thought. That's way cheap for the strip. So uh, this place definitely should be on people's radars. The reviews are good. People seem to be enjoying the food as well. Don't sleep on Sahara. It's really nice. The whole casino has been renovated in the last few years. Beautiful property. And they've done a great job considering the age. Well, I guess the casino really isn't that old. It's a new building, but you know, you know what I'm saying. The old Sahara looking good. Now, what's not looking good is Lexi. That's that new marijuana friendly hotel, formerly the Artisan, that opened up uh, what, a month or two ago. We talked about it on the show. Uh, they're supposed to be marijuana friendly, but they don't have a license for like consumption lounges. So, you know, there's a little bit of a gray area there. But that's the least of their problems. Apparently, they fired everybody. According to this TikTok, they decided to just fire all the staff, said they weren't doing a good job, and hire an outside management company. So, 
Trouble in paradise, it seems. Yeah, you know what that means if everybody's doing a bad job is that whoever's owning it or running it is terrible. So you have no, you can't fire everyone and say there's not one good employee on your staff. If that's the case, you're just an awful owner slash manager. Doesn't seem like a very joyous place uh, to work. So uh, it must not I have been hope- partaking enough. <laughs> Yeah, where's the happiness? Really, come on. This is supposed to be the happiest hotel in Las Vegas. Yeah. So speaking of happy hotels or unhappy hotels, I want to ask everybody out there, including you, Mark. So across dozens and dozens and dozens of MGM resort stays, I have received a survey after every single one of them, except for the three where I complained. So that my first Bellagio stay many years ago where I had hairs all over the bed, uh, a recent Aria stay, and then there was another stay, and I forget which one it was, but didn't receive the survey. The survey never came. So my theory is that the managers go in there and disable the survey when you complain. Every other stay I've ever had, which is the vast majority of them, you know, 95% of them survey comes right away. So I want to know if you complain and have a problem in an MGM hotel, do they disable the survey so that the higher ups don't get wind of your problem? That's my conspiracy theory for the day. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if they have some type of bonus reliant on these surveys, which I'm assuming most hotels do. That's why they send them out. So you need like a 90% satisfaction or or whatever it be to get your uh, higher end bonus. Uh, I would imagine that, that that they would do that for sure. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me, especially with MGM. Nothing. I don't put anything past them. Uh, so I'll be curious to see what other people have to say. I don't think I've ever had a stay where I made a formal complaint uh, and I never pay attention to when I get the surveys, but I'm sure there's people out there that have tracked it. Yeah. None of those days, to be fair, were like crazy, like the hair, they switched rooms that I wrote about that years ago. That was all resolved. Aria, I stayed, the room was just filthy. They moved me to another room and you know, there was no compensation or these weren't like huge issues where I'm getting free rooms or anything like that, but they were issues where I talked to the front desk. So it's sort of interesting where, yeah, this would skew their stats down, right? If you could get all the angry customers to never get the survey, I imagine things would be a little bit better. So I'm interested to hear what people have to say. It's just something I've noticed over the years. And finally, let's finish with this, Fountain Blue Entertainment. We said that the theater looked like it may not open by December based on that leak that we saw a few weeks ago, but apparently it will, or at least according to our good friend Johnny Katz over at the Review Journal. Yes, he's let us wrong a few times, but I don't think he is here. I'm just going to keep saying that every time I talk about that. But I think if it's in Review Journal, Fountain Blue has leaked this, but Post Malone, he's going to be performing there on New Year's Eve and Justin Timberlake will be performing sometime in December, or at least rumored according to, to Johnny Katz. So they are going to get the theater open in time for December. If they're saying uh, Justin Timberlake mid-December, that's kind of a hint as to when they could open. And I think clearly by these names, especially Post Malone, they're going for an interesting crowd, maybe different than their competitors right in that immediate area. Yeah, it was the, you know we were making jokes in the, the last couple episodes in the comments about the sphere and, and going for a crowd because they don't want them to trash the... Uh, the sphere and keep it nice and clean and stuff. It goes with their vibe, you know, the Miami Vice type feel, uh, you know, younger, hipper, that type of thing. So I think Post Malone's a big get. Getting Justin Timberlake in there is kind of a big get. Like, I think people will travel for that because you can't really see him anywhere else. So I think those are two good names to kick it off with for sure. You know, hopefully that means they're opening before I get there in December. Yes. Speaking of MGM Grand opening and Fountain Blue, I remember back when MGM Grand opened that New Year's Eve was Barbara Streisand. She was the big sort of thing. So Las Vegas has changed a little bit in the last 30 years where you go from Barbara (laughs) Streisand to Post Malone as your big New Year's Eve act for this brand new casino. But I think you're absolutely right. It goes with the brand. You know, he has a lot of fans. He's very popular. I know people like to make fun of his tattoos, but he's his own self. And I think it's cool that they're bringing sort of a different vibe down to that area. I do think that they'll have to 
kind of round it out a little bit more. But Justin Timberlake does that. I mean, he really appeals to so many different demographics of people. I think people will be knocking down the doors to see him here, especially if it's like a one night thing. Yeah, I think he'd actually be a good fit for the sphere too, to be honest. You know, it's the our age demographic and older that are kind of grew up with him and everything. And he, he brings in a, a good mix of people and, and more mellow uh, versus, you know, other things uh, that are modern pop and all that stuff. No throwing of microphones. I don't think he's ever done. So you don't have to worry about that. Did you see the uh, story about Adam Levine and how he was supposed to have like a VIP concert and he walked in and they packed the place with a whole bunch of random people. So he got mad and left. <laughs> Yeah, he's apparently a big diva, according to what I've heard and seen. So, yeah, not a surprise there, which is funny because didn't they do that whole music video a few years ago where they crashed people's weddings and just were all around normal people? But basically, he said, this was supposed to be only VIPs. You let normal people in here. I'm out. He doesn't yeah, like I mean, us. I could somewhat if you're <laughs> if you're traveling, and you're expecting this intimate, you know, experience like acoustic type of show. And all of a sudden it's like packed wall-to-wall people and you're like hey this is not what i'm set up to do or reform for i could understand that a bit uh but if he has a past of being a diva then it doesn't surprise me thank you for listening to the mtm vegas podcast don't forget to check us out on youtube where we release the show twice a week on tuesdays and fridays youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and all of our vegas content can be found at mtmvegas.com that's posts podcast videos see you there thanks again for listening talk to you next time